are you just enjoying the yeah. the holding environment where you get to get to experience yourself or mm. are you sexually attracted to a person that is a nine so there's a song called the softest place on earth by xcape <laughs> and uh it's just like the i it was just like it's the creamiest nine right like song it's just like i just feel like everybody likes nines <laughs> Even if they don't are think. Projecting onto See, nines. don't yes. say that about everybody. No, no. That's everybody <laughs> likes nines. That's that's narcissism okay. right there. <laughs> the big hormone enneagram. I'm John Lukovich, four and five, sexual self prez. Four, five, eight, traffic. I'm David Gray, self-pressed sexual, nine with one wing, nine, seven, four, trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self-press with eight, five, four, fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I'm a three wing four, self-pressed social, nine, trifix. Hi, I'm Alexandra. I'm a social self-preservation, nine wing one, nine, six, three, trifix. If you like or hate us, make sure you go like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and make sure you leave us a review. All right, so we have a question about soft nines. Oh, boy. How sweet. We have an expert. We have two <laughs> it, experts. I it consider was, myself an expert. It was really John I, who sent this one I don't one consider in. myself an expert. <laughs> you just live the lifestyle where I study it. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to study. Specimen. I heard this and I was like, oh, who put is who did John talk to to send this one in? <laughs> oh god. I don't know how the fuck this shit fucking works. I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. Where the fuck am I? Okay, I was on the fucking it's climbing gym. It was really weird. Um and I've been recently just like vibe typing nine so basis of how like just how soft they are. And I've been distinguishing the fact that I don't know whether I like or like if I'm sexually attracted to nines because they're soft. Or like I'm actually like attracted to nine. I really, I, I'm fucking so, so stupid. What the fuck am I doing? Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Especially, I think, I think most of the women in my life have been super ego hexad people, and so I think that that's kind of what turns me on nowadays. Is like especially with the social sexual instinct. But I don't know. I, I guess I'm my my question is is that like what what is the desire of wanting to be held by just a nine <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah this man's voice makes me want to bomb. i don't know what the fuck i'm supposed to say god damn it i don't like him <laughs> i do not like him you're not gonna hold him and get him through this god i want to <laughs> stomp on his balls <laughs> he David, might like that's that. that's that's our job. <laughs> he yeah. sounds like he would like it. God, with that voice. So he's asking, what does it mean to be, to want to be held by the softness of nines? John would know something about this. Why don't you uh, <laughs> let us know? Uh, <laughs> 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 How has uh, the softness of nine transformed your existence? Oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah. yeah if you are, huh? <laughs> I said, yeah, John. <laughs> well, I mean, how have I, can I go transformed into it. your existence? 
definitely creamed me out. Um, a hair flip. Oh. Yeah, let me find a sincere way to actually kind of address the appeal appeal of nine, I guess. Appeal of energetic appeal of soft nine. Like the way I, it comes to me is that I didn't. It, it's kind of like I almost experienced myself as like a very jagged object. Like mm-hmm. you know the way you might see um, those kind of like um, those rocks that are like. Kind of like uh, graphite or something, but not yeah. so brittle. slate. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like that kind of quality is like uh, how I kind of picture a lot of my energy. Like kind of like yeah. And so um, Alexander and I were kind of joking about this the other day, but I or no, this morning actually. I'm so used to partners that have this like like two jagged uh, rocks, like trying to like you know match and it's just mm-hmm. like creating brittle friction and stuff like this and so to be with a nine is to sort of have all those little pores and little crevices like filled in with cream <laughs> and uh it's like a way that like something can touch you and hold you uh energetically that you didn't think you could be touched and held mm. and so Part of, uh, you know, there's like part of the things that Alexander and I have had conflicts around and is mostly, um, you know, like there's some jealousy stuff, but a lot of it also stems from like experiencing, a, you know, more intimacy than I've ever experienced in a way that brings up all the fears that are in the heart when you're touched on that level. And it's not just, you know, it's not just Alexander being a nine, it's Alexander being Alexander and stuff like mm. that. And just that our dynamic happens like that. But there's something where there's this like, there is this energetic cream, but then like, as you get deeper into the cream, it becomes like very warm. And then it becomes like uh, the inside of the earth, like this magma core, you know? <laughs> so it's not just like, it's not just like sometimes when people talk about this kind of stuff about nines, it can sort of seem like you're just, into like passivity or docileness or uh, uh, just pure mirroring and you you know the other the nine is like more just a uh, a mirror rather than a a co-participant but when you have an awake nine uh, who's really awake to the relationship really cares it does have this um, very powerful and hard to describe like encompassingness that you know, I mean, especially as body lasts, you know, four or five, uh, it doesn't get, it doesn't get much more body last than, than four or five. And so, mm-hmm. uh, to have that like touching into, yeah, they're like the, the magma in the mantle of the earth's crust or something is a really potent experience. So I don't, I don't know what type this guy was. He sounded kind of six ish, but yeah. Uh, yeah, us reactive types having <laughs> just getting them melded out. I think he said he, he was into hexad super ego types, which would be yeah, ones. Yeah, that's what I thought. Twos and ones, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, yeah, ones and twos. twos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ones and twos, which don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty rare. Yeah. Could be sixes. But he's probably actually, that he was yeah. thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Probably sixes. Yeah. yeah. Six was and six he, would be was rough. his was his question also like? Didn't he say something like, "Am I just attracted to like the softness, or am I actually sexually attracted? What is the what is the difference we're talking? Like, does he feel held versus is it a sexually awake 
attraction. He, he yeah. said that it right. is it am I actually attracted to nines or am I just attracted to the softness of nines? Which I didn't know see if that was a real question because I mean you're saying am I attracted to the characteristic of this type or am I actually attracted to the type itself? Yeah, I, I mean, I weirdly think it's a valid question because I do think a lot of the reason nines have a lot of appeal is not due for personal reasons. Mm. You mean? know, like, well, I think like, I think part, okay, I just feel like everybody likes nines. <laughs> Even if they don't are think. Projecting onto See, nines? don't yes. say that about everybody. No, no, no. That's, everybody <laughs> likes nines. That's, that's narcissism okay. right there. <laughs> 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 okay you're everybody likes a blank space actually it's whatever. true though i'll join in with the narcissism <laughs> yeah no it is true yeah everybody likes you when you don't say anything you just sort of like nod and and smile that's, that's actually kind of what i'm talking about is like yeah. i think like everybody does kind of like the like the easy um the easy acceptance the easy like like david made a point one um I can't remember if this was I maybe I made it up, but I'm pretty sure David at some point said that if you add any number plus nine, it only equals that person's number. Mm. So nine literally disappears even in the equation. I think that is most of the time the appeal of nines. <laughs> yeah, everybody just likes themselves. They will be alone. Yeah, they get to yep. experience the good of themselves. So obviously, I'm doing some self erasing by even having this conversation and speaking about it that way. But I do think that that's an important part of the question. Like, are you just enjoying the yeah. the holding environment where you get to get to experience yourself, or mm. are you sexually attracted to a person that is a nine? Mm. The, the other another way to say it too, it's a little bit maybe different iteration or vibration of that is that nines can uh, merge into sort of the other person's whatever everything and yeah, in a way that you. is kind of co-creative uh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so that you're well one angle is like in the area of the arts or music or whatever like that's part of the deal with nine musicians is mm, that you yeah, can yeah. sort of merge into the flow of somebody else's music and mm. then enhance it embellish it and maybe even do your own <clears throat> thing with it as a nine and so you're kind of spinning off you know uh more and more iterations of sort of the other person's whole shtick you know i would say also um you know for the per for the guy asking the question if he's actually like into nines or if he's into the way nines can mirror him i mean that's how i interpret what he asked uh, you know, do you, are you still attracted when the nine is awake and taking up space and being mm -hmm. as big and full and moody and dramatic as nines that are owning their own energies are? Like that's mm -hmm. the big difference. If like the nine mm -hmm. starts to wake up and you're like, God, oh, this I'm not really feeling it, then you're just into the projection. But if the nine mm -hmm. is like really vibrant, awake, and specific in the way that they can be, uh, and and are you still there with them or not? Um, that's like that's the big thing because a lot of times I see nines in relationships and you can tell that it's contingent on the nine not really fully being there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean that's kind of the way the nine is going to try to get attachment going. Is I'm just going to hook up to this person's engine and you know, uh, find an iteration of them that feels comfortable, mm -hmm. but eventually that's going to shift to the nine. All right, I'm going to you know show up more, but if what I'm showing up with isn't 
appreciated or accepted that I'm going to retreat and maybe I'm going to end up in a relational dynamic where the way this works is for me to self-erase and stay erased. Despite all that, I think energetically as a body type, nines do give off like an ability to embody like a calm equilibrium that I think a lot of sixes can just energetically hook up to that regardless of how the nine is showing up, that's something I think I see a lot of types can like yeah. really need and benefit from. And yeah, I mean, I mean, we already kind of said it, but it's like <clears throat> nines are uh, the electrical grounding for everybody, kind mm -hmm. of. It's that kind of thing. It's like you're between the other person and the earth, and you're dissipating a lot of that angsty, whatever, electrical energy or something. When... Um I mean, speaking at least for myself, I think all the hottest babes are nines, you know, like just that's true. Like, there's just this like creamy babe no quality, <laughs> <laughs> this creamy babe quality, you know what I mean? Just this like sensual earth goddess thing. And, um, remember, like, before Alexander and I were together, and it was in uh, quarantine in Atlanta, like at my parents' place, and you know, there was nothing going on. I was started running at night, and I remember uh, I was I was running and I'd listen to my music and I like a lot of R and B and funk and stuff. And so there's a song called "The Softest Place on Earth" by Xscape, <laughs> and uh, it's just like the I, it was just like it's the creamiest nine right like song. It's just like listen to that song to get that sensual nine vibe. You know, it's just. <laughs> My love is the softest place on earth. Is what it, what it goes. <laughs> yeah, here's the here's the here's one of the lines it says overflowing with emotion. I will make you feel so sensual. When what, I touch what's the name of the song? Uh, softest place on earth by okay, X Cape. Let me find it. Let me play it for us. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flowing with emotion, I will make you feel so sensual. When I touch you, you'll lose all control. Come on, baby, kiss me all over from my mountains to my valley low. There's an ocean of love just for you, just yep. for you. There's something in there too. Oh wait, go. Yeah, there you go. Already Feel so the creamy. The voices of heaven. The girl group of nine. Creamy. <laughs> 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 How do you run to this? It's impressive. <laughs> Good point. Good point. I run this toward is it. A a 50 minute pace feeling like a summer sun that slowly rises on a new horizon of love and it's more exotic than Jamaica more exotic than Jamaica Yeah. 
All right. That's enough. I think there's also um, there's kind of a gut uh, power thing actually there, like in the I don't know the confidence of the sensuality and the mm. that sort of easy um, capacity with sort of working with energy sensually or something yeah. like that mm. and it's um yeah so there's <clears throat> i don't it's not necessarily dark but it could be you know what mm. i mean in the sense of like uh getting people addicted to that drug or something because yeah there's there's such a cuz it's just come so naturally that it's um it's very addicting mhm mhm Oh, I was just saying, it was actually ended up being kind of a, maybe not a good question, but an interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, trying to discussion. think of yeah. the qualities of gut types. And uh, I really understood one once I started having sex with the sexual one. <laughs> and, and the rigidity in her body structure, mm. even like in the sexual act, was like something to behold. I've never just how uh there's like a way that things have to be that you can feel in the body like there's a sense of like refinement in the body that i've uh never felt before and she and she said her reaction to me was sort of like she felt more like loose like i i was like a eight and one kind of like opposites in the body in the sense that they're they're assertive in a way but uh in a very different ways and um so sometimes i wonder like yeah what is if nine is sort of the cream land, like what are, what are eight and one, what are people getting mm. from that, that gut experience? Cause it's all different central positions or experiences or different ways to hold space mm -hmm. in the gut center. Mm -hmm. What do people like about fucking eights? <laughs> well, we're talking Call about in. nines now. So, you know, yeah. we moved on yeah. from nines. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've had enough cream. I don't think I've ever fucked an eight. <laughs> it's never enough cream well i mean actually you know the sexual eight when the, the sexual eight that tried to seduce me that was an encounter oh, right. <laughs> that was an encounter with my type structure unlike i've ever experienced i literally felt like i was being swept off my feet and i was like oh that's what that feels like because the feeling i had was like wow how did i end up here in her room <clears throat> just sucked in she just enveloped me with all these interesting hooks and and the next thing i know she's like so are you open to sex and i was like wow <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely i want to fuck myself <laughs> i was just like wow this was just really impressive this whole thing that you just did <laughs> how did we yeah. get here i was i was in a i was in a group um that was uh commenting like on josh's latest podcast release on his friend that's an eight mm -hmm. and like to me she's like she's an eight she just comes across as an eight and they were like yeah, oh yeah. she's a six because she's not you know whatever people stereotypes yeah, the eight right. are and yeah. one of the things that came up in the argument was that um uh like i guess the friend i think her name's emily said something about how she was like proud of her independence and how she defended it or something like this and, like an eight would never need to feel proud of that or some bullshit and 
basically got this argument about how eights don't have any sense of like bragging or, or, or bigness or anything like that. And it's like, that's the most <laughs> bragging type on the planet. Have you, what you never you know, met exactly. an eight? <laughs> what type I mean, like, is more yeah. braggadocious than an eight? Yeah. I know. And I mean, even Emika, like, even the way you're talking about, like, God, I was encountering my own energy. It was, like, <laughs> it was so impressive. It's like, ooh. <laughs> I was. <laughs> narcissistically getting off on like wow that she's incredible i don't even want to have sex with <laughs> you i'm just amazed i'm amazed because i can see myself in you oh my god because we were like i was like saying like they were like oh that's a three thing to brag about yourself and i was like you know threes actually kind of have more like uh, this, oh yeah this will come across wrong or is yeah, Asia just like sneaky. no here it is yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah i totally. am the greatest yeah <laughs> you know i ha- i do have an email that i used a long time ago Emika the Great at gmail.com. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it still works. You could email it. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Email ladies. us about fucking eights. Emika <laughs> the Great. If, yeah, if, you, great, if you're yeah. out there, uh, have made love with an eight, we want to hear your impressions. Uh, eights or ones, you know? Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. Rare types. We want to hear like some, some people who've had. David, you hooked up with eights, Sure, right? I have. What was <laughs> that like? I've got a couple of stories, two different eights. Well, man, let's see. I'm trying to decide how much to talk about. Um, oh, yeah, see. you're in a relationship now. <laughs> um, well, let's say that one of them, it was pretty much like you were just describing, Emika, with that sexual eight. This was another sexual eight. Mm. She was a sexual self-press. And, yeah, it was... Uh, full court press like really fast mm-hmm. and and i i had to tell her hey you're going way too fast mm-hmm. you know, just like well uh, i mean because she was it wasn't just like sexually fast it was like everything fast like relationship and mm-hmm. yeah just <laughs> full on like we're doing this now you know yeah. Anyway, because like I relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in that the the experience I had, she was over the top in terms of accelerating us as a couple, and so I didn't necessarily relate to that. But more more than that, energetically, like she was very calm. She was an eight wing nine, but there was a way that energetically I felt like I was being enveloped into a field that was very pleasurable and it's like this, the feeling or the experience of chemistry was very um like I, yeah i was being swept up like the hooks were interesting i like talking to her her energy was very there she was solid um and i was like oh this is what this has got to be what it feels like it's someone who's like really there uh and they're sort of like revving up the chemistry but it's not necessarily like a hyper energy it doesn't necessarily have to be there it's like an energetic like pulse mm-hmm. and uh and so, yeah, I was like, okay, this can, this is a slippery slope. That's what it feels like. It feels like things can slip into really big, passionate yeah. things very quickly. Yep. And the kind of sex that would have to follow this energy, I'm not energetically prepared for. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you go. like somewhat intimidating of like, oh, wow, this is like a big waterfall of sexual chemistry here (laughs) and i gotta amp up to meet this and i don't that's it you know and it's like also if i expend this amount of passion and energy this is the beginning of a very significant thing and i don't know if i'm you know that whole feeling of like whoa yeah 
Yeah, no, I mean, I like that energy of uh, I'm going to have to rise up to match this. Yes. It's actually, you know, it is an enlivening thing. So I appreciate it on that level. And uh, I'm trying to think of the one. She was, she was very piercing. I remember that. She was very, uh, she knew what she wanted. She was just very picky. That's, that's what I remember. <laughs> just, very, just very picky. Anyway. Let's, is there, are there more yes, questions? Uh, there's more. You got more, David? <laughs> I was just going to trigger everybody with bringing up my, uh, that teacher of mine that I had a relationship with. She was a sexual oh, one. Right. Oh, nice. Yeah, go. You can launch into that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, there's, I mean, yeah, of course we didn't Trigger the actually... social types. That was me. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. That's right. That was, a, we yeah. did a whole trigger episode. Yeah, a million good. years ago. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. No, so... I don't have a whole lot to say there. I just wanted to mention it because I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm social blind. The gender roles are just so real, you know? <laughs> just like a young boy being preyed upon by like an older sexual one teacher and he's like, this is awesome. This is great. Years and Top years notch. and years later, he's like, that was sick. Uh, Remember that one I mean, time I, I, I was groomed yeah. by an adult? Uh, <laughs> I was targeted and I liked it. <laughs> oh my God. God, social blind. Are all fucked up. It's <laughs> gonna crawl under the table. <laughs> Bye. So this is one someone is asking about a friend who is grieving who might be a seven. Let's see what they have to say. Wow, very different energy. Mm -hmm. um, I left um the question last time about the five centers. Um and I have another question. This one is um <clears throat> more personal um i have a seven and eight wing um person in my life i do not know how to help um they are i feel supposed to be grieving um they've lost both of their parents and they're just not doing anything about it and they're doing this sudden thing of compulsively having fun and just having fun and this is a close friend of mine and I've been told by people that um you know um you can only help someone so much but I do feel like there is something I'm missing about seven specifically like there like there's something there's something I'm missing I feel about sevens and like is there a way for them to stop having the positive outlook and have to process something, or is it just hopeless and I should just give up? Okay, that's my question. Bye. Oh. All right, yeah. That's a vibe ship right there. <laughs> yeah, a little, little hard to hear all the points he was making, but... He, um, he, did you hear it, though? I, can I did hear it, it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty tough because it depends on the quality of the relationship you have, and it depends on just generally how healthy the seven typically is, because some sevens, when you acknowledge 
like, hey, I know you're going through something, and I think some of the coping things are, you know, maybe a little too much or out of control or distraction or, you know, something. If you invite them in the heart space, some of them will just drop you. Mm-hmm. Um, and act like you have a problem because you are uh, bringing up what they don't want to touch into. So, you know, if they're like a good friend uh, and somebody that's not typically in a perpetual self-destructive impulse, uh, you know, to be able to have like a, I don't know, invite some kind of, I mean, speaking to your care for them, I think is something that is often surprising to sevens, like that, that people actually care about them as people and like caring about them on a heart level, not just, hey, you're scaring me, but because that's kind of like, oh, you just can't handle my party attitude or whatever. But if you can like make them feel that their personhood is valued by you and cherished, I think that can get to their heart center and can give them the space. I mean, one thing about sevens is they often don't think other people actually give a shit about their negative feelings or that they would not give them any attention and time, whatever, if they were to go there or to open that door. And they probably have a backlog of stuff back there that feels like if I start pulling on this thread, I'm going to pull way too much out. So, um, yeah, so being able to, to, to reach their personhood and then I think like having maybe some kind of actual suggestions or tools, not just like, hey, don't do the drugs, uh, but, you know, try breath work or let's go do this together or, you know, like let's actually meet and have a conversation and something like this and something like that. That's like an actual plan that's not just if you project your fear onto them, they will sense it and get frustrated and just, you know, move to the next thing. Yeah, and it could it can contribute to like more of the feeling that they want to get away from. Yeah. Um I would say also with 7 being an assertive type as well as a positive outlook type <clears throat> as well as a frustration type, like their grieving just isn't going to look the same. And of mm. course every type has a different grieving process, but I feel like the way that 7s grieve is more like in small like bits at once. Like it's never going to be I think even the healthiest seven is never going to have like a full, like really like assign themselves the time um, and give themselves the space for that. So I think I, and this is just me guessing, but I think if you're wanting to take on like a supportive role, I think a way to do that could be to like join them on some of these like adventures, you know, whatever as like, um, basically as like a chaperone, but also kind of sneak in those sincere conversations every now and then where it's like they're getting the movement and the um, momentum that they're wanting, but still feel like they have, uh, I don't know, just like somebody that cares about them in this, at the same, in the same moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of having to meet them in their pattern also because if you if you try to approach a seven with too much sobriety they're going to freak out like they, they're just going to freak out and they're going to keep going um so you kind of have to understand the current that they're going to be on but then have have like i think what you can ask for and what you can what you can bring to them is like bring moments of sobriety yeah. to them instead where they will have contact which will loosen up the 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 drive to just keep running away 
um, slowly. But I think trying to do it all at once is just not going to happen. That's a good topic to maybe get into is like nine different ways of dealing with grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's, you know, people might have a, an opinion of this is what healthy processing looks like, which might be coming from the perspective of like nine or six, mm-hmm. which is what most people are, but it's not going to work for every type. And so uh, it's not necessarily healthy for seven to try to party the pain away, but that's going to be part of the process to some degree, more so for them yeah. than any other type. So can't really get around that. Also, speaking to the caller, I mean, sounded like a potential nine mm-hmm. there. And so there's also to uh, not make it your responsibility. I mean, this mm-hmm. isn't about how to deal with sevens, right? But not make it your responsibility to ground all of that, mm-hmm. you know, avoidance mm-hmm. and chaos and erratic, you know, behavior or whatever. Um, don't take it on as uh, needing to make this person okay. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or as like a project either. I know that that's like along the same lines, but in case there's any kind of like two-ish fixation in there, sure. don't take it on as like something that you need to move them through either. There's also it's worth keeping in mind that depending on how close you are with them, you really don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I mean, I feel like sevens might, you know, process more alone than some of the other types. Yeah. I mean, it's, we've probably said it before, but sevens really have, uh, often, especially seven with a six as compared to seven with an eight, but sevens with eight do it too. Just aware in, in the context of a friendship or social setting, they feel they're not allowed. They're projecting that they're not allowed to bring anything negative, any kind of downer or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, not making it a project, but like just being someone that sort of does hold that heart space, like that, that's like an open door. And at the same time, if the person is a nine, Sometimes nines can have a crusade around healing psychologically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, in a certain way, like, like a lot, like I'm just thinking in terms of when you see like on Instagram, like I call it like healing emphasis. A lot of that is nine, right? Yeah, yeah, and there's totally. a sort of like, there can be a kind of shadow there in the positive outlook thing of a, a nine-ish almost impatience toward healing or like this kind of, this is how this is to keep the flow going and it's a little bit different than the seven flow and so you know something that and this might be just narcissism but i think that like like from the four space nine and seven can learn a little bit about being in the shit and not expecting the shit to go away in a certain way which Mm -hmm. then itself it's like when you stop fighting it sometimes it like lets it be there Mm -hmm. so like if you're grieving you know, like if you lose both your parents in some tragic something, like that is going to change you forever. Yeah. And sometimes the healing thing can be like, let's get back to normal. And so it's like, let, let this person like learn to like carry this scar with them without being like a bleeding wound. You know what I'm saying? And, and so like that's part of the nine, if this person is a nine, not taking that project, that healing project on too much as uh, their job or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah, there's kind of an assumption there in that question that, you know, how do I bring this person back to a, a quote unquote healthy equilibrium? Yes. Because obviously, yeah. because of this terrible thing that's happened to them, there's a lot of pain that hasn't that doesn't seem to be addressed. Uh, and so for some people, the best thing to do is to really lean into that pain. Like I've, like I've said before, just aggressively grieve. That works for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just lean into the abyss. And that's the only way I'm going to get through it. I mean, I've tried the uh, sort of escapism and trying to avoid it. But uh, mm. uh, so, I mean, that's not always going to work for everybody. And maybe for the seven, there is maybe a period that's necessary of just partying it off for a little bit. Maybe that, I don't know, maybe that works for So from the perspective of an eye, maybe it's like, oh, you're not, you're not doing the work of healing this pain. And uh, so that can be a way that they're projecting their own sort of like process on somebody else, some yeah. other type. Another thing too, to Nancy's point about like being alone, like that might be totally what's going on and necessary, but also like check in with your seven to make sure that is what's happening behind closed doors. Like, because, you know, there's so many sevens that like famous sevens, it seem like they're fine and then kill themselves. Yep. So just make sure that like, there's like some, you know, you know, don't take that as a responsibility, but just be like, just check in with what, what, how they're actually working through things and being really curious about it. And again, like caring about their personhood. And Grief would be an interesting topic to just like, I we need more like information and like uh, mm. Intel, I guess on that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, but that would be an interesting um, topic to talk about. I just finished a book, which was a memoir by um, an author who that follows the year after her husband died. Uh, and she read like all of these like medical journals and stuff like that about the process of grief and how it actually can put you into a state of um, I I'm going to butcher like all the formal terminology, but um, it does put you in, in, you know, you're not yourself for a while. You are in like a sort of like different psychological state for a while. Um, so it kind of, I don't know, I guess the reason I'm saying that is because it, in a way, it would kind of make sense that a person going through grief would do their type much harder hmm. for a minute, you know? Because it is like a state of shock. It's probably a state of adrenaline that manifests in a really different way. It's like a different kind of survival strategy that's being enacted, which will revert us back to like our sort of like animalistic patterns. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, to Alexander's point, yeah, grief. Grief has its own time span, so you can't yeah. speed it up. It's not just like if you clear it out, then you speed it up. It like has its own things. And sometimes you feel happy, like when John Anthony West died. Like even I wasn't like super close with him, but I he was a friend at least. And so when he died, like it, it was like whoa. I've like sometimes I'm laughing at like how what a maniac he was, and then other times I'm like really sad and for no reason. And just it has its own way with you. And I think that that's really that's really hard for sevens is to recognize that grief has its own. It takes you yeah. and you just got to let it. And instead of like, all right, how's this going to go? Mm -hmm. It's the head yeah. center thing. I think it's also very hard for nines to accept that about their loved ones, like to see their loved ones afflicted mm -hmm. with this kind yeah. of thing that has its own timing. It's very, you know, nines are affected <laughs> by the ways that their loved ones are affected too. So that could be also be what's going on for this person. Mm -hmm. Anyway. All right, let's see. What's next? 
This is about the centers. Hi, guys. Um, my name is Tamara, and I have two separate questions. Well, the first one is like a bigger question, and the second is a smaller one. Um, maybe you guys will split this up. But anyway, the first question is about centers. Um, what does it mean to have each center last? What are the characteristics of each center last? What are the negatives, the positives? What does it look like when you're trying to get the last center fulfilled from a partner? Please describe the response of each center with the partner. And then the second question, um, why is the world so obsessed with the image of the heart type? I'm sorry, if the heart type is so rare and most people have it last. Thank you. So the easier question is the heart type question because the center last is a whole thing. That might be those are great questions. Those are yeah. great, yeah, great mm-hmm. questions. But uh, so why is the world obsessed? Well, that's a question. Is the world obsessed with image types? With the image, not the image. image. Yeah, image yeah. itself. Yeah. Oh, image itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I think the world it the world is artificial. You know, like, I think, I think that's the thing, like, and image is what arises no matter what your type is when you're out of touch with the authentic heart. And so if there is not much authentic heart energy in the world, uh, there's going to be a lot more image emphasis. Hmm. And I think that there's also a cultural element too of just like, I do think that even though we could say like nines or sixes or something, and probably more common. Our culture's got a three-ish yes. influence, mm-hmm. which you know is going to put a emphasis on image and how you sell yourself, how you present yourself, and getting ahead. And you know, if especially the United States is a country descended from immigrants of various kinds, and so that hustle, that how to make something work how to capitalize is going to be just like a image is going to be a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the Western thing of, you know, the individual takes precedence. And when the individual takes precedence, uh, personality takes precedence and personality is significantly image. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I guess I was questioning that because it seems like, this feels more prevalent in this side of the world than it does, mm. you know, growing up uh, in mm. Africa or Nigeria. And I would imagine people who might be listening who are in the Asian continent would not necessarily feel like those people are obsessed with image because it's such more, much more of a collectivist way of thinking in other parts of the world but over on this side of the world it's everyone's singular individualistic and even in america there's this everyone believes that they're gonna make it Mm -hmm. which is a very strange ideology that we've been all been infected with over here but most places in the world people are stuck within their you know genetic bloodline and who you know and you're not very mobile and maybe because of the way this country was made Everyone came here to start over, uh, but most places in the world, you just everyone's just been there the whole time. Um, but no, it's it feels like a very on this side of the world kind of thing. 
I uh, I spent a month in India with my Gurdjieff group, and um, India feels very like even though there's a lot of visuals associated with India, Indian culture seems very image blind. Mm-hmm. Like just not a lot of awareness of co- how one comes across. You know, like that was my experience over and over again. Was like running it. You know, like we were running into people of different classes and castes and stuff like this. And yeah, just like I mean, maybe maybe Indians or you know people of other who've been there or are Indian or something would disagree. But that was my impression. Was like did not feel very image aware. And then like being in like Egypt, their image flavor is very two-ish. Mm. It's a two-wing three of like. <laughs> You know, like I've I've some Egyptian friends who were like, my dearest brother, when they <laughs> when they yeah. message me or something like this, like I miss you so much, you know. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I miss you too. I was actually going to argue that I don't know that I don't, I don't know how this compares globally, but I don't know how much the like global distribution. I, I would I don't actually know. Mm, okay, brain is short circuiting again. I don't know that there's more obsession on image that there than there is on on like taking up space from the body center. You know, that's like I feel like what most of uh, capitalism is is just trying to take up space. I think that's a body center phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And same thing with like trying to understand things. Like John and I went to a bookstore yesterday, and there was like six bajillion books on one topic. Like there actually is, a, there is, I, I don't know, I, this, it's just coming up, so I haven't processed it beyond what is coming out of my mouth right now. Um, I understand the idea that there's a lot of focus on image because there is, but there is also a lot of focus on like processing and understanding and orienting and also the way that you either take up space or refuse to do so. I actually disagree. Um, at least well, from the point of view. Fight, you know? Now we're gonna let's fight. go for it. This is um, it. <laughs> the makeup will be sweet. Um, <laughs> but fr- like I, I think that the United States does have a pretty, pretty loud to me, pretty loud image yeah. thing. And I think that yeah. the United States has an incredibly underdeveloped head center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even though there are a lot of books on topics, like not many people read those books, and you know. Yeah. Like I mean, they don't process them. Yeah, that's a good point. Don't process them. Like how how many people just be like do this like like you know like the, I mean God like the lack of understanding of like basic things that you interact with on a daily basis in the United States like mm-hmm. even defining what well, like what our economic system is or what our history is like and how like how how do right wing guys just go like I'm being a like I'm a free thinker and say the same thing over and over again, you mm-hmm. know? It's like like that is like there's not even the questioning of that on that level. And I'm not giving liberals any room there either. You know, it's like the same deal. It's just like repeated images. You put put Ruth Bader Ginsburg on an you know, on a T-shirt. enough mugs and then yeah. people just in osmosis think something must be really good there or something, you know? Yeah, I mean some yeah. of that I'd characterize as like uh low vibration six, you know, where it's mm-hmm. just doing, pitting two sides against each other, and then everybody piles on, and there's this news cycle of, you know, one channel hates the other channel, and just all that shit, and it's just, it's yeah. not actually delving into nuance or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing That's I find, in- Steven. yeah, one, one thing I find interesting 
is that if, if you don't watch news or media from other parts of the world, like you can get, you can get really myopic and stuck in a sort of like bubble where you don't get perspective on like, there's a meme of American culture or Western culture. And so what I find interesting sometimes is to watch media, like how do people see American culture from like an international perspective? Because you start to see things about where you're from or where you live that you wouldn't see if unless you saw it from the perspective of an outsider. So if you watch news from, you know, Europe or Africa on any topic that's really happening or an emergency that's happening right now, you get a completely different perspective than what you would get from CNN or Fox News or whatever, mm-hmm. or even like whatever you read. So I was on some YouTube page that were talking about like dating without borders and they were, and I had like a long video series of like what it's like to date someone from each country. And in a way it was sort of like telling you what are the cultural norms that those countries represent. So you could like, what it's like to date a Brazilian, what it's like to date uh, from someone from Spain. And when they got to the U.S. person, it was just like, oh, yeah, I didn't, you know, they, they talked about how this person is not going to show you any interest. They're going to really care about, they're going to have like their identity politics that they're going to be really, so they were telling foreign people, hey, be really careful about certain politics. People get really worked up about them here, even though they're not, it's not even an intellectual argument. Mm-hmm. It's more about like right. ident- identifying right. with certain things. Um, very consumerist. And it's like, Oh, that's what it means. That's what foreigners see Americans, the meme of American culture. And you can start to, you don't get that perspective unless you step outside of the bubble. And so this idea that Americans are very image, that's one of the things they advise people. Like she really cares about how this is going to look because, you know, that's what, that's the way people are in this part of the world. It's like, yeah, that's, that's the American meme, culture meme. You don't see that until you step outside of it one of the more fun conversations I would get to have when I was living in Europe is when people would learn I was I lived in America my whole life they would be like is it as stressful as it seems because it seems like it's really stressful politically yes. like you have yeah. to pick a side and it is just yeah. a fight all the time and I'm like yeah it is yeah you know they were always so concerned about us Speaking, speaking of this image thing, like, I mean, uh, so one of the things I think is really fascinating and it affects my family because of my dad's job and stuff like this is like how uh, the the appearance of Trump just like poisoned liberals because like Trump as a president wasn't significantly worse than any other fucking Republican, mm-hmm. you know, he, like, like, I mean, George W. Bush, far worse. Uh, George H. W. Bush, far worse. Especially when you see what they did internationally, and uh, but Donald Trump off- offended people's image, yes, of the United States mm. oh, okay, and of yeah. ourselves as a culture and as a place in the world, and it he eroded uh, people's image of what American institutions are about. So that's why now liberals are really defending like the fucking FBI that assassinated Martin Luther King Jr. as like some really valuable institution. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and so now, like, whenever you critique anything about, like, you know, Biden is extremely right wing and has historically been. And after, like, for me, like, uh, you know, I got, you know, my whole backstory with the Iraq war, like, that was like, in high school and getting bullied around that time and stuff. Like, uh, 
you know, Ukraine thing has is like very like people are so fucking brain dead around the Ukraine thing that anytime you say anything that's that's the counter that Putin is just pure evil and the United States is just doing uh giving them billions of dollars out of the goodness of our heart. Uh and NATO is just like a, a pure defensive organization, all this other stuff. Uh people lose their fucking minds and it's like it's all Russian propaganda. And the reflexiveness and lack of curiosity and lack of head center is so fucking wild. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Trump thing just offended people's image of themselves and they acted like he was this particularly evil person when he just he's just a normal fucking republican president mm-hmm. <laughs> just a dumb one and right. but people like could have a little bit more dignity with like i don't know other republicans anyway yeah but i think the the question of center lastness is kind of interesting yeah that feels like a i think we discussed with courtney potentially doing an OR stacking kind of thing where we'd look at like what it's like to have attachment last, frustration last, or rejection last, or in like a certain stacking of it. Like, you know, for me, like frustration aiding rejection, what, what strategy that is. That might be a whole episode. That would but, be a whole episode. I mean, like yeah, us having, like a whole episode. us having very little attachment. Something I was, re- Alexander and I were talking in retrospect, there are like ways that in, in my childhood and stuff that I needed attachment, but I had no language or means of gaining attachment with my parents and family, such that like there are things that it like created big gaps because it's mm-hmm. like that didn't even did like that sensibility didn't even occur to me. You know, I didn't have the thing, and it's like recognizing how I dealt with things in a frustration and rejection way. You know, anyway, that's a whole topic, but yeah, the lastness is kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let me get another, get another question here. Yeah. Let's just this, make that a future episode. Yeah. I yeah. think it deserves a whole episode. Is this the last one? Or are we still I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I see the, I see the self-pressed types are dying over here. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> they they are. They've been dead. For They're so <laughs> sleepy. <laughs> so sleepy. That's those self-pressed. They only need themselves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. It, been dead Back for in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was dead a long time ago. I just thought the popcorn would help. It did not. <laughs> oh, Thank you for your service. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot milks. to say, Emika, this is your favorite holiday of the entire year. This is Emika's yes, most special day of the year. Today's MILF's day. <laughs> I made the distinction spiritually milfy, not actually milfy. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Okay, we, I have an important question for you. What is the question? We were coming and then we'll, we'll let them go to bed. <laughs> uh, John and I were doing something last night. Oh, we went about. to like a, we went to a bachata, light, a bachata night last night. Mm-hmm. And we were talking on the way back. What is the difference energetically and spiritually between a cougar and a milf? <laughs> mm, very philosophical question that you have there. Yeah. Thank you. Cougar. Well, I think I a- answered it, but then we were like, "But we need Emika's word." <laughs> a cougar Emeka and a has milf. The answer. Um, I suppose. That one can be milfy without being a cougar. <laughs> Cougars yes. are all sevens. <laughs> yeah. All seven. They're all seven like wing eights. There's a yes. certain level of you know aging 
where one crosses over into cougar territory, but some women embody the spirituality of Milfy, Milfdom, at a very young age. <laughs> I, I think I think a cougar is in a in a in a higher generation. Like you're in a different generation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're mm-hmm. like you can oh, be in the same generation sure, with the milf, sure. but the cougar is one who is you know there's a there's a generational difference. Yeah. It's it's more it literal like... with cougardom and milf milfdom is a spiritual state. Yeah. <laughs> so is it like, with cougardom? Is it like they can impart wisdom that you can only you will only from a no later no no. It's time? not about the wisdom. It's it, the cougardom is <laughs> oh about literal aging. It's yeah. about she's older. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You can All smell right. it. Age pink. <laughs> <laughs> Milfdom is she's got childbearing hips. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. You can have, you can have childbearing hips at eighteen. Okay. Oh my so is God. that that's like the different sexual appeal though, right? There's like the sexual appeal of like childbearing hips and then the sexual appeal of what? Of yeah. cougarness. Just like of an older, older an older woman. A, a much older an older woman okay. being into you. A kink. Yeah. Yeah. It's a kink. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a just a more mature sexual woman. categories. And also with the with the cougar usually there's not that, that there's like a like the part of the fantasy of it is that she's just like she's just wants you, you know? It's just Yeah, like, she's much more it, direct and she knows what she wants to do. Whereas the the milf the milfy thing is more of like there's like a, some women just embody the sense of like a nurturing kind of like I knew I, nurturing was going to be a part of it didn't I yeah, say that I, I said nurture is going to be a part of it yeah <laughs> okay, there's like a there's like a oh she has the capacity to do that uh-huh, you know whereas uh-huh. some cougars are very like you know car- corporate you know career oriented older ladies and they don't necessarily assume... you guys got to watch uh, milf it. manor. Oh, oh yes! Oh my God! I, I I watched the whole season. Joseph didn't watch. Joseph oh recommended God. it, and then and he didn't, didn't even watch it. any of it. So that was oh like what? we show up, and he hadn't even watched. One he hadn't show. even watched it. But it's bonkers. That's so funny. Yeah, no, it's not. I I saw a a person on when you guys mentioned it. I was like, I like. So I watched a video on YouTube of somebody, like, oh, it's crazy playing clips and commenting on it, and it yeah. is horrifying it's oh, crazy it's the people are just garbage they're just empty hollow people all of them it's just nothing. all right you, you show so up to mommy. a show and you don't know that your your mom or your son is gonna be in your same dating pool and they're like oh that's my mom over there and they just <laughs> continued oh my god <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you're watching yeah. your mom like hook up with someone your own age and your mom's like watching you hook up with someone her age and is yeah. like what <laughs> yeah so i guess that would be their attraction to milfdom too it's like this is a woman that has nurturing she's got mommy energy yeah. mm-hmm. it's so cougar milfs the and, combination. Yeah. okay cougar milfs whereas a cougar could be like give shitty give like you should not reproduce energy absolutely, oh, absolutely. Yeah. the one woman okay. on the show that's like really the cougar though is like a flaming seven yeah there's one yeah. seven i mean show. and she's like a sexual aggressor yeah with okay. several of the young guys yeah <laughs> the young cubs yes. yeah I, it's okay. a train wreck I'm, I'm gonna have to finish it just just on just <laughs> i was just like this is, the, on, <laughs> this is one of the craziest premises i've ever seen what the fuck <laughs> all right sold we, we watched um we watched uh love on the spectrum when emika was here oh yeah oh. i gotta finish that you too. guys seen that no oh, it's such a shitty is it a series? It was, was kind of heartwarming. It was, it was really I heartwarming. I hated it. I hated it. 
we, it was it was me, Emika, Josh, and Alexander. And we were just like, wow, and like we were like, wow, that's like, wow, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Marvel Emika, like love. Emika's <laughs> the one that Emika's the one that turned it on, just like by himself with no with no cross checking anyone. He's just like, how could this not be interesting? Let's turn it on. <laughs> well, there was like a three on there, and and it's almost like. Uh, depending on what their types are, because of their autism or Asperger's, mm. they, you can see their personality types unfiltered. Mm. So you're getting like this innocent view yeah. of someone yeah. who's trying to navigate romance, mm. and it's like yeah. there's a, like a, yeah, that's like a weird innocence about it. That's like what the fuck. This three girl was like uh, like was cute and like um, super cute, obsessed with the animation. But she would she would ask the guys like. So do you like animation and where do you plan to be in five years? You know, and, and then be like three. It is very important to me that you are pursuing something like a master's degree. I, I started my own animation company at 14 and you know, this kind yeah. of thing. And then and then there's like this nine guy who's autistic, who's like um, a love poem, a poet. Oh, the love, oh, yeah, love attraction, love attraction. Oh, love attraction. Love attraction. Like, <laughs> love attraction. You wrote a poem about her and she, and she like falls in love with them for a minute. Like it was only like for a few days or whatever. She's like, Oh, my heart is exploding. And it was like a three when you like get them yeah. in their heart. And they're like, right, right. Oh, you know, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. That was like a, a very, man, I don't even know what the words like you've never, the thing that the threes are saying inside when they're experiencing that, but they'd never, ever fucking say <laughs> She's right. like my heart. I'm like I'm oh, in love. I'm oh, falling in love with you right now. I was like, wow, this is that's intense. Yeah, well, it's like undiluted heart, dude. It's like heart and era. I'm sorry, undiluted three. It's like three mm -hmm. heartfulness without three imageness. Yes. Like that. uh -huh. okay. That's a yeah, really right. interesting premise. Anyway, our sleepy self friends we'll, we'll release our, we'll release it's our sleepy self friends. <laughs> it's just me. All right, y'all. All right. Later. Okay, bye. Bye, guys. Talk to you.